Road Divinity honors the scenic route of the soul, the sometimes messy path that doesn't fit in a neat, socially acceptable box, but that's deeply personal and meaningful. In these weekly conversations, guests share their unique dance with the divine. As your host, my hope is that something in their stories resonates with you, and that together we can normalize the idea that spiritual journeys can be as individualized as we are, that one size simply does not fit all, and that's perfectly okay. I'd very much appreciate if you'd subscribe to the podcast, and if you feel called, give it a favorable review. That will help others connect with these messages of encouragement and inspiration. You can also join me for Sunday Solos, shorter episodes in which I share my own insights regarding finding divinity on the dirt road of life. Welcome to another episode of Dirt Road Divinity. Today, I am absolutely thrilled (laughs) to have the opportunity to talk to Teresa Lois, who I consider um, a dear friend. And one of my few Canadian friends I've actually had the chance to hug in real life. So (laughs) thank you for that. Teresa, your story fascinates me and what you bring to the world fascinates me. And um, I know it's not always been an easy journey to get where you are now and watching you grow and kind of spread your wings and, and share your gifts with the world over the past several years has been an absolute delight. And so I'm so thrilled that you're here talking with us today and a willingness to kind of share what your, what your path with the divine has been like. (laughs) It hasn't always been glorious. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Um, Everybody has this, oh, well, you know, she walks with God and all divine. She talks to angels. Her life must be just perfect. Um, No. Because there's a lot of conditioning we're taught throughout our life that steps in between. And so for the long while, you like, you kind of just think you're nuts. Like maybe you're just one of those people that, you know, you're, you're crazy and nobody's had the heart to tell you um, until you start to realize you're not. You, you break through that shadow wall and all of a sudden it's like, this is what the storms were for. This is what the shadows were chasing me out of the darkness for. Um, so yeah, coming into, it's, it's, like a hot road mess or a hot mess road. Um, yep. But getting here now and walking and realizing that when I follow what feels good for me, it's the right path. When I start to get that squirrely dark feeling inside, it, it, totally wrong direction, time to stop and, and renegotiate what I'm doing. <laughs> There's so many things to unpack just in that one little opening comment. <laughs> but especially right now, this idea of following what feels good to you. I've long felt like our feeling nature, like if we actually pay attention to what we're feeling inside our body, that it's almost like the GPS of our soul. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly it. Yeah. So how did you get to that point to where you actually started honoring those feelings? And especially when they flew in the face of all the shoulds of the conditioning that you mentioned before. I actually hit a ground zero. I was that person and I have to catch myself because sometimes I still fall in there where if you were to call, it wouldn't matter what time of day, what time of night, how much you needed, what it was going to deplete from me. I was there. You needed the shirt off my back and the pants off my backside, honey, you had them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a crash course in realizing not everybody is that way and not everybody is going to honor 
the sacrifices you make for them. And I realized I wasn't going into the, this doing for everybody in, with the expectation of a return, right? Like there was no expectation of anything. You need it, you got it, you're great. Um, but then I realized one day when I was standing in the, the proverbial crowded room, screaming my face off, needing help, there was nobody. Like I actually echoed off my own inner walls and I went, ooh, like a whole lot of F-bombs were flying through that little period of time because I'm like, I'm sitting on the floor in my apartment, my kids at school, I'm bawling my face off because I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And there's nobody. Nobody had time for coffee. Nobody had time to, to help out. Nobody, nobody. <laughs> like when, you, when you're sitting there looking at the thousands of people on your Facebook friends list and you realize there's nobody. Mm. You, you soon start to, and I happened to walk by, got up off the floor, happened to walk by the mirror in the bathroom and, and realized I'm the one. I'm the one who needs to be here for me now. And then just from that day started realizing like my phone would ring and I wouldn't even answer. Not because of who it was, but because I need to be here for me. There was something in that moment of sitting on the floor, realizing you're the only person who's going to come rescue you. Um, that kind of awakens something inside and you can actually hear this little snap of I'm done that's enough I'm done I'm now just I'm taking care of me and mine and if there's extra then I'll I'll arrange it for someone else um if they if they need it but then it's like how do you do that how do you how do you let go of all of everybody else and just focus on you and what you're doing and that's the hard first step is just realizing that when somebody calls and asks for something, it's like, okay, I need five minutes, put the phone down, walk away. Okay. How do I feel about this? And actually say it out loud to myself, sometimes sitting in front of the mirror going, how do I feel? And when you get that heart and soul feeling of, no, we're not doing that. Then, okay, we're not, nope. And not, and then learning to not say we're sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm Canadian. It's like second nature. We breathe, we say we're sorry. We breathe, yep. we say we're sorry. Um, not because we've done anything wrong, but because we feel bad that, you know, someone else is in that situation. Um, but then having to learn that no was a complete sentence. No permission was needed. No apologies needed. Just no, I'm not able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, thank um, you for mentioning that. You know, I, I remember one time distinctly, and I even wrote it in my journal, there was a situation and the way I described it is that I had an overwhelming sensation of doom. <laughs> Not to be too dramatic or anything, but an overwhelming sensation of doom. You would think, perhaps I'd pay attention to that <laughs> and go a different direction. Oh, but oh no, someone needed me and I wanted to be the nice person. And it was ridiculous, ridiculous bullshit idea <laughs> to follow an overwhelming sense of doom. Um but also we're raised up that way. We're raised up and taught. It doesn't matter if your house is on fire, if the neighbor house is on fire, you go help them put theirs out first. Yeah. Yeah. What? Is there anything ever more backwards in the world? <laughs> so when did, at what point, you talk to angels, you talk to people who have, who have passed over, you um, are a conduit for all kinds of interesting and divine information and insight and you have what I think is just an absolutely beautiful relationship with your spirit guides when did this all come about when at what point did you go oh hell there's a whole world out there that I 
was not quite paying attention to before. Oh, wow. Um, apparently, I was born this way. Mm-hmm. Going through my healing journey and letting go of all of the outside stuff and just focusing on me and then having flashback memories from being four years old and sneaking through the ditches because I wasn't allowed on the road, um, sneaking through the ditches to get to the neighbor's house to deliver her paper from the end of the driveway to her door, um, you know, knocking on the door because higher wisdom said there's no doorbell, you have to knock. And so I I passed her her newspaper and, and started telling her all of this information from her husband, whom I didn't know. Like, I knew he, like, they all said he passed away. But when you're like four, you don't realize what passed away means. Um, and stood there sharing all of these messages with her from her husband. Like my husband, your husband asked me to tell you. And you're four. And I'm four. Um, and then I sneak back home through the ditch because I'm not supposed to be on the road. Um, only to get home and see the look between the adults. And they're looking at each other going, okay. What do we do with this? Yeah. And then when you're four and you see that and the women in your life who are like most important to you start giving each other that look, you realize I did something wrong. Or you you learn or, or comprehend that you've done something wrong. And so you start to shut it down. So when I started going through my let's just focus on me, let's just focus on what feels good for me, and we'll take it one step at a time from there. Um, And then getting those memories and those, I'm going to say voices, um, though it's not really voices, it's more like, it's more like receiving messages in my mind that are shared with energy from the divine realm. It's almost like they take a light beam and ding me with it. And it's like, oh, this is what they want me to say. Um, And that was happening more and more and more. And finally, one day I said, okay, I said, if I'm not crazy and this is really what's going on, I'm really hearing the angels, I'm really getting this information, a butterfly will show up and it will show up in such a weird way that it will have no choice but to have been from divine. Um, So a little bit later, I went in the backyard, was doing stuff and I lit something on fire. And I, as I looked in what was burning, it burned in the shape of a butterfly. Wow. And I went random, right? <laughs> and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, right? And then another one appeared, and I went, oh, well, good news is we're not crazy. Like, <laughs> um, and then just started leaning into listening to that more, mm-hmm. realizing that okay, if this is a gift from God and all divine, and this is something I'm here and I'm meant to share, let's do it. Let's let's you're here for a reason, and it's going to get real noisy up there if I don't start letting it out verbally and sharing those messages with other people and via written word or whatever. Um, so yeah. And then we had the glorious day that I met. them. <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait to hear about this. <laughs> um, at the time I was still working as a PSW. Um, so I was headed into what is that for everyone else? What's that? PSW stands for. Oh, so sorry. Personal support worker. I was working in a long-term care nursing home. Okay. Um, I cared for the elderly people and I loved my clients. Freaking Mm -hmm. love my clients. Um, Ended up, anyway, long story short, walking into work one morning. And before I had left the house, I had done a meditation because I wanted to learn their names. I wanted to know, like, what do I call you guys? Because just saying angels, like divine is quite a wide, broad, huge information highway. I wanted to have some sort of 
connection or name or something to put with them. And I'm walking into work and I can feel them all around me. And it's like, they're tapping me on the shoulder and they're trying to get my, like, this is my name. This is my name. And I know there's four, but I can really strongly feel three of them. And I'm almost to the nurse's station where I have to like check in and start my day. And I went, you know what? I know y'all are here. I can hear you. I can feel you. I'm just going to call you Larry Curly Moe until later on, because right now I have to go to work and I just, because I was striving so hard to hear them in such a restricted space and time, you know, it's like trying to focus on that one sound you hear in the middle of the night. And then you suddenly you hear all the other sounds that you didn't know were there. (laughs) Same sort of idea. Um, So I said, I'm just going to call you Larry Curly Mo. We'll figure it out later. And I got this, it was almost like I could feel warm, loving, compassion hugs just being wrapped all around me. And my whole body got warm, almost like I'd been had warm water poured over my head. It was like all that, like it went right through my body and I went, Oh, so we're just going to keep calling you Larry Curly Mo then. Cause that's, that's now just going to stick. <laughs> and that seems to be so fitting for the kind of relationship that you have. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we were talking before, before I hit record about, um, how the divine tends to meet us where we are and that some of us are a little sassy. And if the divine came at us being all proper, we'd be like, what the hell is this? I don't know what to do with this. And so mm-hmm. Larry, Mo and Carly tend to have a little bit of tune sometimes. There's yes. <laughs> yes. The yes. loving way, of course. Um, I'm, I'm actually, they're jumping up and down right now. They're like, you, you have to tell them that we're the archangels. So Larry Curly Mo are actually Archangel Michael, Archangel Raphael, and Archangel. I always get to that last one and I go blank space. Um, so anyway, they're three of the archangels and they walk with me and they talk with me. And I hope we can fix that because it just, I love it. I love it. I love it. But now I'm getting nervous because I can't remember that last. <laughs> Freak me right out. Um, my spirit guide is Estelle um, and she is whom I lovingly refer to as my backbone of grace. Um, because she gives me the strength and the power to say the big things that sometimes feel hurtful, or I feel like, oh, that's really going to hurt their feelings. And they're looking at me going, yeah, no, I totally needed to hear that. Okay. Um, Mm. but when I was eight was the first time I went to church Mm -hmm. and I heard the hellfire and brimstone message from the preacher. And I, the first time ever in a church and I'd never had like religious upbringing I use quotations here um but I'd always had the the awareness like people always talked about God people always talked about different things but there was no really connection for me because I'd never been to church before so I didn't know what y'all were talking about and then so I go into church the first time and I actually started an argument with the preacher during service because I'm like that's not God like I don't know what you're talking about but that's not like And at that time, I knew God as like the sunshine, the clouds, the sky, like anything above house level was God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, and the lady beside me goes, she's talking, he's talking about Jesus, the son. And I kind of looked and I'm eight years old. But anyway, I start this big argument because, you know, hellfire and brimstone judgment, vindication, that is not God. I, I quickly got relegated to the Sunday school class because apparently that's where I would, you know, be less distracting. Um, but I, yeah, so eight year old level of being furious because I knew that wasn't right. Yep. Um, 
but still I try to go back to the church and try to go back to the Bible and try to go back to like all of those teachings. And I get that feeling because that's not it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, my daughter, my daughter once came home. She, uh, uh, after her dad and I got divorced, she was taken to some different churches, you know, with, with him and started, started a bit of an argument in, in a Sunday school class one time. And it was, it was around the hellfire, brimstone, sin, separation, you know, all that jazz. And, um, I was like, well, what'd you do with that? She was like, well, I just told them that may be what the God in your heart is like, but that's not the God in my heart. And I like the God in my heart better. <laughs> I thought rock on kid. You know? I love it just that. thrilled me that, that, there was some discernment going on and it sounds like for you too, some discernment going on at a very early age that was like, wait a minute, just because you're older and at the front of the room and maybe in a position of power doesn't mean I have to agree with you. And having the courage to, to voice that I, I find um, inspiring. So thank yeah. you. I had about the same filter then as I have now, which kind of <laughs> means I don't have one. <laughs> And the reasons I love you. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and that's why my angels had to be who they are. Yeah. Um, they had to be bold. They had to be sassy. They had to be slapstick. They had to be willing to say the big things without getting lost in the, in the willy whackers and not taking a long walk through the woods mm-hmm. to just get the sentences out. Um, and there's been lots of times they've kicked my butt where it's like, they're very bold. They're very direct. And I think there was one time when, when, you, I remember posting, on, you had posted on Facebook one time about having a hard time with people. And I think I messaged you back and said, just love the shit out of them. Because that was the messaging that came that day, like, yeah. love the shit out of them. And I'm like, oh, boy, this could go like any way this could go. Like, there could be feedback because like, that was not the right thing to say. Um, but it, it, it turned out well, like that it, it kind of flickered something for you. Yeah, it was just perfect. And, you know, we... I've mentioned that there have been times when when I'll get in conversations with the divine and I I, I got a little sass straight too. Yeah, you know? and especially when sometimes when I'm getting guidance that I just don't understand, I kind of become like a petulant teenager and I'm like, I don't freaking know how to do that. You you gotta tell me how to do that. I don't know. I don't know how. And if I mention these conversations to my mom, God bless her. She's so supportive of my spiritual path. And I'm so very grateful for that. Not once has she looked at me and gone, oh, sweetie, you need a straight jacket. Or, <laughs> you know, what would so-and-so think or anything like that? She's been so supportive. But in this situation, I'm telling her, she goes, oh, you can't talk to God like that. <laughs> I'm like, um, <laughs> that's the relationship we have. It might not be the one you have with, you know, how you view the divine, but that's the relationship that we have. And God doesn't seem to mind, you know, God would rather me have a relationship than feel like it had to be a certain way that felt weird. So I didn't engage. Mm -hmm. And And we all carry the essence of God within us. God knows the freckles on our body and the hairs on our head. And they already know what we're thinking because chances are we're already connected with them. And there's that conversation that's been going on. So if we're dropping F-bombs talking to God, <laughs> that's kind of who and how we are to stand there and say, Oh, well, you know, we can't say this and we can't say that they're already aware of the thought that crossed our mind. So <laughs> the cat's already out of the bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at what point did you decide, okay, I'm going to start 
doing this professionally. And, you know, I know you've been doing like the card readings regularly um, and started an evening with the angels uh, and which sounds fascinating. I, but first I want to hear all about that, but first, you know, at what point did you go? Okay, here we go. I'm jumping in with both feet and this is, this is what I do. This is who I am. And this is what I do. Oh, I danced around that for so long. Um, but eventually I feel like my foot just got caught in the right current of water in a way that I went with it. But I had someone who said to me one time, I want you to, re- I want you to like record yourself doing a reading with the cards. Cause by that time I had started using the Oracle decks for myself mm-hmm. to receive messages for myself, like a little bit of extra guidance, because like you, like I walk with the angels and I talk with them all the time, but it doesn't mean I have clear understanding of why I'm doing what I'm doing or where I'm going to do what I'm, what I do. So I really, really, really sat on the sidelines and went, "Mm, not sure if I'm ready yet. And then I had some events in life that kind of pushed me off the fence. And so I recorded myself doing this, this Oracle reading. um, And I sent it to my friend and I said, okay, let me know what you think. Honest. And she said, post it. Wait, what? What? She said, post it, post it online and just let it go and see what it does. And even now, like that's the one that pops up as my memory every year of when I started on Facebook memories. Um, and I just shared it out into the world and went, kind of covered my eyes and hid, hid myself away and said, okay, I'm going for a long walk without my phone because I don't want to know. Um, and it received nothing but like thank yous and, oh my God, I so needed to hear this today. And mm. people were just popping up out of the woodwork to let me know that it resonated with them and what they were going through. And, and then it was just, it started happening. Um, and then I would have people reaching out asking if they could book a reading. And I was, what? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, we can, we, we can do that. Sure. Um, so, it, yeah, it all kind of just started from this one time being told, <coughs> excuse me, having the suggestion of like, you know, just record yourself doing a reading and see where it goes. And that's where it went. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to the suggestion and having the courage. Sounds like Estelle was maybe involved with the backbone of grace. I love that way of description. Ooh, that's beautiful. So tell me about the, the, uh, an evening with the angels. What do you do with that? They're kind of my favorite. I was, I started doing um, workshops and group readings before the P word hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything was shut down and then they got put on hold. So we re- we just recently did, a special invite where people that we knew so that we could anyway. So an evening with the angels is just me and the angels. Like I just, I tune into my higher guides and it's a group of people who show up and they want to hear whatever needs to be said. Um, There was a lot of tears and there usually is because sometimes like I don't define as like a psychic or a medium because it all comes from God and all divine. Like I don't have any other way to describe how, what it is I tune into. Um, I just know that it's God and all divine that I tap into. So whatever it is that comes when I tune into someone um, and I get a feel like, and it's funny because I'll be standing in a room full of like 10, 15, 20 people. And all of a sudden I can feel myself going, you're the one I need to talk to. Mm-hmm. And receiving those messages for them. So sometimes it's people who've passed over, like there's a message that comes through the divine realms to, for whatever needs to be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it's they're they're fast becoming again one of my favorite ways to share messages because again with Larry Curly Mo it's a little slapstick it gets exciting there's tears there's laughter there's always and I love that I love that my team knows how to make it fun and not just a bunch of people sitting around kind of being told this is what you need to do this is what you need to hear this is and because I don't like being told what to do like <laughs> shocked. <laughs> I know, big surprise, right? Like, <laughs> don't should on me, darn it. Yeah. Ever. Like, I hear somebody start a sentence with, you should. And I'm like, yeah, I got to go get a coffee. <laughs> Later. Back never. <laughs> so, you started listing. And after you got over the point of wondering, okay, am I nuts? You know, what, what's going on here? And I think we all go through that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I certainly went through, you know, that stage as well. Um, I, I think it's it's your perspective. We all have guides. We all have access to this insight and this wisdom and this guidance. How did you start like trusting and really discerning? I mean, what because I think it, it's one thing to know it's there. It's another thing to really trust it. And then it's another thing to act upon it. So what did that path? I'm just having a shell shock moment because I'm like, oh, wow, I must, I, I was trusting. I've always said that I'm, I'm the biggest person to like, I don't trust anything. I don't trust anyone because my life experience up to a certain point taught me don't trust anything because the whole world, you know, um, so coming through feeling like I was crazy and we do because we're conditioned throughout so much of our life to, this is how we walk. This is how we talk. This is how we breathe. This is how we do whatever. Um, but then there was just this, have you ever met a two-year-old that can't stop talking? Yes. That's kind of how it would come through for me. Um, and like I said, I get this, it's almost like a light wave of, of energy. And when I take that and I translate it into words, it comes. But like, I get the feel of the words in my mind when I'm sharing them. And it just started happening that, like, you feel like you have to say it or you're going to bust. Or you don't say it and then you spend the next three days going, oh, man, I really should have done that. I wish I had of. And like regret is the worst bed companion ever. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes. So I just started like when it started happening, I just started jumping on board. I went grocery shopping one day and I could hear them like you're buying flowers today. Like "Um, I don't like flowers. I love buying houseplants because they'll last longer. They don't die like it. You know, I know somebody may not agree with me, but I just believe that cut flowers even though that's what they're grown for is a wee bit of a waste because unless you're drying them, it, they die and then you throw them away. Um, so I love houseplants. So this day they're like, no, 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 you're buying flowers. I'm like, okay, if the store that I'm going to happens to have a random display of flowers, I'll think about it. In we go, I'm doing grocery shopping. And in the interim, I notice this older couple. He's pushing her on in the wheelchair through the store and they're trying to get the grocery shopping done. Thought nothing of it, seen them two or three times. Couldn't figure out why every time I saw them, I was like, there's something about them. I just, every time I, every aisle I went down, they were there. Every time I turned around, they were there. And I was like, okay. So I go through the store and I'm like, ha, there's no flowers. There's no display of cut flowers. I'm out. I tur- I get all my groceries. I get up to the cash and I happen to look over and there's a display of cut flowers. And I went, oh, well played. Well played. <laughs> so I grab a bunch of flowers, still have no idea why. I just know that they're hopping that I have to buy flowers. So I buy the flowers. I get through the checkout and 
ta-da, there's this, this couple that I've seen all through the store right next to me in the thing. And it's, and that it's that moment when it feels like all the sound in the world stops Mm. and you don't like, even though you're in a busy grocery store and there's all kinds of sounds, but you suddenly don't hear anything. And I had that moment while I was looking at them and I'm like, okay, at which point nerves took over and I went, I'm out of here. I'm out, like grab the cart out the door, shove it all in the car. Wasn't I parked next to them in the parking lot? Of course you were. <laughs> so I get there, I unload my groceries and I'm still holding this bouquet of flowers and I'm like ready to chuck it back in the shopping cart and just leave it for someone else. When he's, I notice him starting to help her get in the car and they're like flowers there, flowers there. And I'm like, what? Flowers there. So then I have this moment of like, wait a minute. I get the connection right up to this point, but now you want me to talk to random strangers and say, I'm supposed to give these to you. And I had that, you got to be kidding me moment. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And again, flowers there, flowers there. Oh, bless me, father. Like, here we go. So I got everything done. I'm ready. Like I've even left this. I've started my car, left my door open so I can basically just chuck and run. By this time he's got her in the car, the wheelchairs in the back. He's got it in the trunk. I lean in through the driver's side and I said, I'm meant to give these flowers to you. There's a lady in the back seat who makes a comment about it being an anniversary or a birthday. Oh, wow. I'm so out of my mind at like shock and nervous. I can't hear a thing. And the lady just, she had tears in her eyes and she's like, thank you so very much. The the fella comes around, he goes to get in his car and I'm like in my car now trying to book it out of the parking lot because I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Glad that I did that. Thrilled and honored that I could do that. But, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. Um, As I turn the car around, I look, and here's this gentleman coming barreling towards me. And I'm thinking, he's going to fall because (laughs) he just wants to talk to me. And I'm losing my marble. So I stop the car, and he waves, and he says, it's our anniversary today. He said, I didn't have the extra money to buy her flowers. He said, so I was hoping there was a way that I could bring her, like, flowers or a gift. And I of course, by this point, I'm bawling because yet yeah, here we go. Mm-hmm. And I said, you're very welcome. I said, they are a gift from God. He said, I know. It's what I prayed for. Goosies again. Yes. <sighs> and so from that moment forward, it was kind of an, okay, this is why I have to follow what I feel like I meant to share and to bring to the world. Um, and there's an expression about when you have the opportunity to do something for someone and you feel that inner pull that, Oh, I have to do this for someone or do this for that person to follow that because you may be the prayer, the prayer that they were asking for or the answer to the prayer that they were asking for. I I so believe that we all have the capacity to be a conduit for grace, but it requires us to actually listen and be willing to get out of our own comfort zone to act and with no expectation of return. You know, you Mm -hmm. weren't expecting the man or the woman, you know, to, oh, here, let me give you 20 bucks for the flowers or or whatever. That was never part of the equation, but that that's so beautiful. Such a beautiful story. Um, When you're working with people, I mean, people clearly come to you, you know, for your intuitive insights and you and your guidance. Um, and we all have it. So are, are there ways that you encourage people to be able to tap into their mm-hmm. own guidance? What, what, you know, if, if we're talking guidance 101, <laughs> what's kind of the basic that, thing that you um, tell people? 
Yeah. When I'm tuning in for a reading, my crew's already on standby. It's like boarding a plane and the flight crew's already there. You know, you're just coming in and having a seat. Um, there are moments there are, and there are people who will come for a reading and Larry's like, you got to get them to open the door in their own awareness. Um, and the way that we do that is we just have them sit for a moment. We just sit, close your eyes, let go of everything. Everything that you feel like is crowding your brain, just let it fall like raindrops. And take the deep breath in and just listen. And it, as weird as it's going to say, listen to the backside of your forehead. Mm-hmm. Like allow your, your, your attention, your focus to move to like this space between your two eyes, our, which is our third eye. But just allowing our focus and our energy to go there and then start asking them questions. And then they're like, well, this is the right answer for that question. And this is the like, according to them. So it's not my input for them. It's what they feel within their own heart and soul. And they start to realize that's it. Like, that's how I connect with my guides and angels. Like, I just have to listen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We just have to tune in and want to listen Um, because we, we tend to put up a lot of walls and don't tell me what to do. And like, we have this big blockade around ourselves that says, no, if, you know, I'll do what I want, when I want, how I want, and I don't need anything or anyone else telling me what to do. Um, so sometimes it just takes that simple, just close your eyes and tune into this little space behind your forehead from the inside out and allow yourself to feel because our emotions are key to everything. When we're feeling totally, completely miserable and run down and frustrated and angry at the whole stinking world, we're going the wrong way. And we need to slow down and back up and take a deep breath and decide, okay, what step feels best for me to go forward with right now? Maybe it doesn't look like, you know, happy roller coaster rides and cotton candy at the park. Maybe it feels more like, you know, mucking out stalls at the local horse ranch. Whether it's going to look wonderful or whether it's going to look not so great, it's the easiest path. It's the path that brings us the greatest relief. And when we start walking toward that, everything, it's like God picks up the the carpet of the universe and just gives it a good shake and everything falls where it's meant to. Mm. And we start to walk upon that path that feels really, really good. And all the other stuff just kind of falls away. What a beautiful image. Yeah. So again, those emotions, that feeling nature, being the GPS, being willing to open up and listen Mm -hmm. to it. Um, You know, I've known, including, for example, my dad in the past, you know, would hear the voices, would have the the premonitions he he had kind of the gift of prophecy but it freaked him out totally freaked him out so his point was okay i'm not crazy i don't want anybody to think i'm crazy i'm just going to drink this away you know so that i don't have to listen or feel or any other stuff and so you know having seen in my own life you know with the people that i that i care about how the information, the knowledge, the wisdom, the connection, the insights can be there. And because they don't fit in some neat little, you know, culturally accepted box right now, um, they freak us out because we don't want to be those people who, you know, are too outside the norm. And so we turn it off, turn it down, turn it whatever. To me and listening to you, um, it feels like being willing to lean into that guidance lean into our own intuition is almost one of the biggest acts of courage that we can, that we can take. Um, 
especially given, you know, the societal conditioning. And thank you for overcoming that, <laughs> by the way. Not an easy journey, but you're most welcome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's been my biggest mission, I want to say, is like telling people just because somebody who sits at a desk signs a paper and says it's the law or the truth or the whatever doesn't make it right for each person. We are not one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Larry's jumping back to when I said about the my mom and my Grammy having that look between the two mm-hmm. about me doing something wrong visiting the neighbors. Um, there was a long time where being like after we were beginning to be burned at the stake, where people just started to hide it all. Like be that way, but like stay in the closet with it. Don't don't tell anybody you can do it. Don't let anybody know. So my grandmother had a lot of mistreatment in her life for her sharing her information, her gifts with the world. So she shut it down. And I don't know that she told my mom anything about her abilities or not. Um, But I remember having the conversation with my Grammy when I was little and she's, and I remember her saying to me, you need to be extremely careful who you talk to about that stuff. Like you need to like be really, really sure. And I'm like, well, why? And she shared some private stories with me from her own upbringing in childhood where she was treated horribly mm. for expressing her gifts in the world. And that was the fear. So our parents, our grandparents were the generations who began being taught. It's not safe to be who you are yeah. and let us show you the ways it's not safe to be who you are. And so by the time we get down to us and we're having to strip the doors back open again, going, no, 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 no. We're not painting windows shut. We're opening them wide and we're letting it all through because this is the way that we are meant to be. And when you step into who you are, you start to notice more and more and more how society and the societal pressures want us to just stay this blinders on, focus forward one step at a time um, to do as you're told so that you we can all be the same and we can all conform and there can be a party in charge and it's not you. And it's just like, I feel so bad for all of those who've come before us who have fallen into addiction and into mental health disorders and into self, whatever, like self damaging expressions, because being who they are was just not an option for them. Yeah. It's almost like your relationship with God can look like mine. And if it doesn't, I'm going to treat you in a very ungodlike manner. Um, And, and so, and and that can be terrifying. And, you know, it's, it's one thing, here on this free will planet, <laughs> you know, where, okay, if I have free, do I have free will? Well, yeah, but wow, to actually exercise it when it goes against those common norms does take a lot of courage. And it's easy um, to, I say it's easy. It's tempting to stay small, to stay quiet, to stay socially acceptable and not raise the ire of others. But what I found is that the long-term effects of that aren't easy at all. It's like it eats away at us from the inside out until, you know, physically it takes a toll or emotionally, mentally, whatever. Mm. And so we just can't hold it in anymore. You know, it's just like, I have to be who I am. And man, that can be scary. Now I have one other question for you. I know that you love a good beach and a good sunset and um, t- when, when you first were describing when you were four or eight, whatever, 
it was like the divine was everything rooftops and up, you know? So it seems like you, you've had this connection of the divine with nature or with, you know, for, for your whole life, basically. Tell me what it is about a beach and a sunset and, you know, bodies of water or trees that connect you with the divine. Why is that meaningful? It's, it came open. Like I used to go like, even as a child, like the joke my aunt shared with me, or the family joke that my aunt shared with me while she was here was that they thought for sure I must have some sort of built-in radar for water and mud puddles because it didn't matter. It could have been dry for a week, no rain falling, but I would have found the only mud puddle in a 40 mile radius. <laughs> um, but le- looking back now and realizing water is the thing, like it's water is the closest physical thing we have to like divine energy. Mm. And so when the flowing of the water comes and goes, it's like it rocks your soul a little bit and it just kind of eases away all of the the things that bring us the darkness or bring us the shadows or the frustration. And then when it comes back in, it's like it allows that washing feeling of just letting it all go. (sighs) But for me, like the beach and being in nature and around the trees and just having my feet in the sand and listening to the crackle of a, a good beach fire it's like the complete essence of God and all divine here on earth. It's like sitting in the loving arms of God and all divine and knowing that today is a good day and tomorrow is still a gift yet to come. It, uh, it just, it refreshes me from the inside out and it's like, it builds me up mm-hmm. and helps me to stand strong in who I am. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And to find that connection, you know, part of the whole point of of this podcast is that we find our connections in in various ways. For me, it's also been, you know, so often through nature, you know, I'm more likely to feel connected on a mountaintop than I am necessarily sitting in a pew. And it sounds like a log next to a fire, you know, Mm -hmm. on a beach with with the waves and and the wind is uh, a place where you feel steeped in it. Absolutely. I'm sorry. Giggling. Not sorry. Um, giggling because Larry's like, you remember that Bible verse? Look under every stone. That's where God, like God in all things, right? Like in all places, in all areas, like. So, so having had uh, enjoyed a reading with you in the past, I know what a gift that that is. Um, if others are interested in, in uh, a little conversation with your team, mm-hmm. Larry, Moe, and Curly, and Estelle, perhaps, you know, or others, how, how, do, how do folks find you? How can, how can they work with you? Apparently, I'm one of the best kept secrets um, because I often <laughs> have people say to me, we don't know how to get to you on social media. And I'm like, well, I'm not that hard to find. But when you figure how many people are in the world, apparently, I am a little difficult to find. Um, so through my website at TeresaLois.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I am on Facebook and I do have a private Facebook group where I share a lot of my healing journey and a lot of the things that I've worked through that because I'm never the only, we're never the only ones going through something. Um, but again, I'm on Facebook at TeresaLois.com. There is more coming. I do have a TikTok account, which was like, oh my giddy aunt. Um, I've no, I've done a little bit with it, but not much with it. Cause I've still not figured out all the fancy doodads and bells and whistles and whatnot. Um, but we're getting there. So yeah. gotcha. through my website and through Facebook is like probably the two best ways to get a hold of me right now. <laughs> Excellent. You know, one of the things that I really appreciate about the way in which you share about your journey is that you keep it so real and not every day is rainbows and butterflies with you. And there, there's some pretty, there's some storm clouds sometimes and just some, some serious frustration. 
and the willingness to, to look that straight in the eye and to share what your guides had to say in response to that, you know, especially when you're frustrated or disappointed or just pissed, you know, whatever the, the case may be. Um, but for me, that's been really helpful as, as a recognition that we can be spiritually aligned and spiritually oriented people, but we are also human. And just by virtue of this human experience, some days are just going to kind of suck and we don't have to get stuck there. And even when we're going through the crap, you know, that the guidance is there to help us find the most graceful path out if we let, if we let that in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the one thing that I, because there's a lot of times that I, and I thank you for sharing that with me. Um, there's a lot of times, however, that I don't get through to the clarity of the moment until I'm sharing my situation with my Facebook group. Um, because there's oftentimes where I'll be having that moment and I'm just so frustrated or I'm just in bed with my pillow and I'm bawling my face off because this really sucks. Um, and they're like, post. Like, I am not posting this hot mess of like tears and snot and all this fun stuff. And they're like, you're not the only one. You're not the only one going through it. And you have an opportunity to be a ray of light for someone or be a guiding light for someone who's going through something similar. And they may be feeling like it's the end of their rope or it's the end of their line and they want to give up. And so I will share what I'm going through. And it's about three quarters of the way through a post where I'm like, oh, there it is. Thanks, guys. Well played. <laughs> well played. And There's that's quite, yeah, that's quite my comeback with them a lot of times lately, because I will be so bent out of shape about something that I can't receive the guidance that comes. Or when it starts to come, I'm like, you've got to be freaking kidding me because there ain't no way. There is no way, not going to happen. There is no sunshine after this, because sometimes our days feel like that. Sometimes those emotional moments feel like there's never going to be sunshine again. And so sharing it and then getting three quarters of the way through and realizing, ding, ding, there's your message. And so sometimes like, and so I just have to share it because, and the feedback that I receive and thank you again, um, I've had people reach out to me and the life changing difference it's made for them. They've stepped out of, some of them have stepped out of abusive relationships and into sunshine and for your lives. And, and they're like, thank you. I wouldn't have done it if not for you. And well, yeah, you would have, but just, would have taken a little longer, maybe. Um, yeah. Though I am honored to be part of everybody's journey because it's just awesome to be able to know that people are making a difference in their life. But I think that there's there's something to being a way shower too. That even when you know clouds seem to be obscuring the sun, the sun will come back. You know, and if if there is if there is spiritual strength to be gained through struggle, babe you can bench press a Volkswagen by this point, you know, because you've been moving mountains. <laughs> yeah, moving mountains. You've been through it. And, um, and still your willingness to share your insights, your humor, your huge, big fat heart, you know, which I just love. Um, the world's a better place for it. And it's a gift, a, a true gift that you share with others. And, you know, this, this dance with the divine is not always, uh, well and clearly choreographed. There's a whole lot of stepping on each other's toes sometimes, you know. Um, but but you're but you're doing it, and from afar, watching, there, there's a beauty to it. There's a beauty. It's it's it's, it's been a journey. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, to, I just always knew from the time I was little that having a relationship with God and all divine didn't mean dressing up in your best one day a week and showing up, mm. you know, fresh scrubbed and, and clean in front of a whole bunch of other people sitting till your butt goes to sleep, listening and being told what it is that having a relationship with God was all about. It Every time I stepped into a church, it would just almost rot my soul out mm. to hear all of that because sometimes they'd get it right. And sometimes they'd start on this great, great. Yep. You're doing fabulous. And then it's like, they pull out, you know, they'd shoot themselves in the foot and say something totally off key. And I'm like, that's not it. Mm-hmm. Because when we get right back to the root of it, God didn't send, like, Jesus didn't come to those who were sitting on the wooden pews. Jesus came for those who were in the mangers, you know, mucking the stalls and, and doing whatever. And to realize that we're not going to sit in that, I want to use the word piety, but I'm not even sure that that's the right word. Um, to sit in that, I have something to call it, but it doesn't sound very nice. To sit in that environment of, like, holier than thou cleanliness squeaky clean once a week to just get told what it is that your relationship with God and all divine is supposed to be totally goes against everything that God and all divine is supposed to be in our life like we don't find them you know sitting in the white Cadillac we find them when we're sitting in the mud puddle losing our minds because the world just don't feel good that's where we find our relationship with God and all divine and so often that and that's the grace right there you know and it finds us where we are you know, the divine finds us where we are, connects with us the way we are. Um, sass, imperfections, you know, dirty knees and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's beauty in that too. There's beauty in that too. I thank you so very much for this conversation. And for everyone listening or watching, I really encourage, go check out Teresa's website, TeresaLois.com. Go check out her Facebook page as well. Your readings are so inspiring. Your card readings um, in your group are, they're just a great way to start the morning, you know, with a little, like a little infusion of, ooh, and I can think about the day this way. And it would be empowering. So I appreciate your time. I love kicking off the season of Dirt Road Divinity with you in this way. And uh, for the rest of you, I look forward to talking with you again next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Dirt Road Divinity. In between episodes, you can connect with me and the podcast on Instagram or Facebook at Dirt Road Divinity and also on YouTube at my channel, Lisa Wade Alchemy. If you have show ideas or guest suggestions, email me at lisa at dirtroaddivinity.com. I'd love to hear from you. And if you haven't subscribed or reviewed the podcast yet, please do so. So you can be informed of future episodes and help others find the podcast as well. Until next time, may you enjoy your own scenic route of the soul. <laughs>